podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to this week's episode of the Misery Hunters podcast. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, all the stuff that we might have said to you if we'd been bothered to do a podcast over the last couple of weeks. But we're here now, and when I say we, I mean me. Jamie Coburn is not here. Any ideas where Jamie is? Anyone? Not to put you on the, the spot? Can I get in, like, borderline, like, Libel, I don't know. Yeah, like, we got all the Amsterdam stuff out of our system, didn't we? Um, yeah. Yeah, that was all that's all been used up. Jamie's not here. It's because he doesn't like any of you. Um the voices that you do hear though that have joined me this week are Sam Smith. Hello. And Craig Devine. Good evening. Good to see you. Delighted, Mark, that you're safe and well and your your head hasn't been kicked in. Yeah, checked in as safe and Paisley. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to that very shortly. Um, yeah, there's uh, I think four games since we've last been on, but we're not going to bore you by talking about the first couple. Safe to say, there were defeats and they were very fun. Hearts um, shy, good commentary experience. Kelly shy, just bad all round, really. Shy commentary experience. Thanks for all of We met yeah, Mark Yardley at Hearts though. Yeah, we'll that, that, is, uh, that is worth mentioning. I pestered Mark Hardley at Tencastle. First of all, got a full crate of tenants through security, mainly by distracting the guy in a quick game of which one of us do you think is called Sam Smith, which was great fun. We big-timed it round the side of the pitch as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that a couple of times, actually. did that at Pataji yeah. as well. Um, we've uh, become quite accustomed to, to big-timing it. And long may it continue. Um, but yeah, came down into the media lounge at Tyne Castle, and I think Yardley does, is it Opta? Aye, he, he does. He collects um, stats for them, um, so was just sitting there as we were kicking about, and uh, took the opportunity to move over and introduced myself, ourselves, and uh, hopefully more on that later, but who, uh, who can tell? Um, but yeah, no, uh, nothing worth talking about in the football, so let's move on. And let's take you to the 30th of December, 2023. A great Saturday for all concerned. Um, Sam, you made it up. Did your talk stay on? Uh, it did in the end because it was fucking ridiculously cold, to be honest. Uh, great day out though. One of the, I think uh, me and Billy said that we were on the way back, on the way back down. One of the very best, man. It was just tremendous from start to finish. Even getting missing the train, uh, well, via via Scotrail, the uh, when we rolled into Stirling, uh, we were two minutes late and missed our train. Literally got off the train and then seen our connecting one to Aberdeen, roll away, pub in Stirling yeah. for an hour, class, train up to Aberdeen, class. Uh, one next to Fubar called like, Cold Brew Company or Cold Beer Company. Uh, I think that used to be called Morrison's or something. I, it's, I know what you mean. It was actually quite nice inside. Uh, then just sunk a few more beers on the way up to Aberdeen and had a fucking tremendous time at the game. I uh, I joined uh, the incomparable Gordon McComb on uh, 
on comms for the day. It was my birthday and I was staying about an hour away in Brecon over New Year and stuff. So um, very kindly, the invitation was extended for me to make the quick trip over and to jump on commentary. And within 10 minutes, I think Gordon wondered why he'd let me infiltrate what's normally quite a serious commentary experience when he's at the hill. Um, uh, Craig, I, I believe you joined us internationally on the day. Aye, I was definitely uh, definitely watching abroad and not from my couch in Aloha at the time because I, I spent enough time slagging people off the other night for watching illegal streams, so I certainly wasn't doing that. But I did have a wee bit of FOMO, kind of watching on the day and just hearing all the stories come in and even just listening to the comms and how how good an experience that sounded that I never made the trip up, but hey-ho, oh, you'll, have, you'll have to fight another day. It was one of them. I'm sure you'll be at plenty of them that we don't make it to or that I don't make it to, and it's it's one of those things where there's, there was plenty of reasons not to go up to Aberdeen on the 30th of oh, December, wow. um, for sure. Um, but uh, I think anyone that did go was very, very glad that they did, uh, they did make the effort. I think that was my fourth time at Pataudry and the first time I've seen a score. To my recollection, at least. fucking so, record. Which I hadn't maybe seen his win there. Uh, why I hadn't I was so seen happy. His win. I hadn't seen his win there until last year, and then I get two wins in a year. Tremendous, man. Aggregate score of 6-1 across two games. Looking at the at the, the team that, that made it up and, and the conditions and everything else, it wasn't a game I was feeling particularly confident about before... Before kickoff, I mean, it kind of it felt like a little bit of a leveller. It's by no means a great Aberdeen team, but I wasn't overly confident. I was happy to see Jameson get a start for sure. I thought that was a was an interesting switch to make. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I thought he had a fine game. I thought he, he got really involved. Yeah, good. Oh, done well, yeah. I think when the, the the team news came out, quite a lot of eyebrows were raised about him starting, but I, I don't know that I kind of shared that fear. I, I didn't think we'd, we'd uh, go on to do what we did on the day and brush them aside so easily, but um, definitely a few kind of concerned voices going about beforehand, which I think is, is kind of fair enough with the amount of chopping and changing that's maybe happened in the, the forward line over the past few games. It's understandable. Aye, I thought he'd... Uh... But it caused a lot of problems for Aberdeen, especially he's one of the. I think a lot of people kind of maybe forget he's not a wee boy anymore. Like he's been out, he's played a lot of, played a lot of men's football, in League One, in the Championship, and like he's this is this is him. Like now he's he's part of the. He's a. I mean, I say he's a grown man. He's twenty one, but he's just signed a new contract. He's he's obviously part of the first team plans, and like I, I'm going to be shocked. I was, I will obviously get to. It. I was shocked to see him not start against Celtic, but I think if we had everybody fully fit against Celtic we didn't have to change the formation I think they probably started to be honest but he caused a lot of bother see uh, running at Aberdeen defenders with a bit of pace chopping in on his left foot like on Did another day probably, that was on uh, left he needs to find a James McGarry needs to find a new sport or a new job because football's not for him I'm afraid he is absolutely <laughs> minging I think to, to be measured about Jameson I was really impressed with how involved he was. And I think a lot of the time his ideas were good. I think he is just missing that final, but quite often his final touch or his final ball was just a bit off. And in a game like that was, that could have been 
you're really relying, you know, you're maybe only going to counter three or four times and a half um, with any kind of great conviction. And to chuck one of them away was a little bit painful. Obviously, in the end, it all worked out for us. But I think that's maybe one of those things where, and I, I'm sure I said it fairly recently, I think he just needs a run of games. I think mm-hmm. if we're going to give people a run of games, I'd be really happy to see a Yunga and Jameson or mm-hmm. um, Mandron and, and Jameson being a pairing that got, you know, kind of, you know, three, four, five games under their belt. I, th- I think you probably need to get into a bit of a rhythm. Otherwise, you're constantly trying to impress with every every touch. You're, you're probably trying just a little too hard. Um, and you could maybe maybe level that at them. But um, I don't think there's anyone in the, the team that you look at on a day like that and say that they didn't have a... It didn't have a good game. Some people had um, had excellent games, um, and we'll, we'll get to more of that in a second. But it was... sorry, no, just going to jump in there. Just to kind of agree with what you're saying, pretty much, it's the, the final kind of decision making. Just wasn't there on the day at times. There was a, a sequence where I think it was against McGarry. Jameson took the ball up the right wing, lost it, won it back, lost it, won it back again, and then went to pass it and just completely chose the wrong option. So it was just that. Even then, I know we're going to talk about the goals and stuff, but if if Mandarin had kind of played his pass right just before the it led to the handball the sequence, that led to the handball. Jameson was in, and he's he's got a shot off. He could have had a goal in another day. Uh, so yeah, can I check on Hyde a wee bit? I think we created well with the limited mm-hmm. amount of possession that we had at times, and Aberdeen looked very very wasteful. I think especially um, in the first half, considering the the wind being that that wind in the first I mean for, for both teams both teams had to deal with it, but see where the way Aberdeen were like shelling balls forward and the wind was carrying it it was I've never seen I've not seen weather like the football for years to be honest that was absolutely mental and I'm, yeah, it was maybe like it was totally affected the game as well because you've you seen it in the second half when uh, Aberdeen are trying to like Clarkson and McGrath are trying to like chuck balls they're holding up there and it's horrible for it's horrible for Aberdeen players to, to kind of try and get anywhere near it. Like, I mean, Mayovsky and Sokler might as well have been away on another pitch because they, they, they were getting nowhere near it. And it's really hard for someone to defend because we don't really know or can we step up and press it when it's stuck in the air. Or it's hard for, hard for Zach to come out and like, kind of make a decision on whether to come for balls. But I think uh, we, dealt, we dealt with the conditions well and we played the game really well as well. I think it's mm-hmm. obviously... It's easy to kind of lose the run it and have a laugh at Aberdeen, but that's a team with a lot of good players and a team that's competed well in the Europa League as well with better teams than us, like Pauk and Eintracht uh, Frankfurt that was in their group as well. It's two good teams, I think. I, 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 it's fun laughing at them just now. I still think they're probably going to finish third or fourth once they once they get their act together and go on a bit of a run, but it was just a... Tremendous result. We didn't have one bad performer. Subs included. Everyone everyone played their part. Boyd Minsky one for O'Hara. Does really well. Really disciplined performance. Him, Holisanya comes on, does well, wins a penalty. So, I just, brilliant man. What a day. What a result. We'll take you to that first goal um, to, to kind of start getting into some of the stuff then. in a bit more detail. Um, I, I don't want to say that it was coming, but Aberdeen had had more of the ball. They were getting the ball up towards our goalmouth with a bit more regularity to to eyes at the time. But it just felt different when when we got that high up the pitch. It felt like we were always going to do something. And um you know, it obviously it didn't stay that way for him. It didn't take that long to change, but I was so happy to see the ball fall to O'Hara. 
in that position. It's something that he did so much of last season. And when confidence was high, it, seemed, it felt at times like he could do no wrong. And when the mood's maybe been a little bit lower, to, to have one fall, to get the benefit of a nice deflection and all the rest of it, I was so, so happy for that to be the, the way that we opened the, the score. Obviously, you could take anything, but so uh, so good to see I had a little bit of a reaction from him, which I think it's probably safe to say was aimed at the away support. Rightly so. Um, I think criticism's fine. Um, there's been some stuff which I think has overstepped the mark, and you need to assume in 2024 and all the rest of it that players are going to end up their families are going to end up seeing stuff I think you can you can criticise some performances without claiming that folk aren't bothering their arse and certainly without rewriting history you know I saw some stuff about folk not like about not being like captain material and about like, all uh, this kind of pressures if he wasn't our best player last year and people love that shout I think that's I think that's the worst shout that I see you know it'd be like or the St. Man Daz and St. Man Granders on Facebook are like, oh, he's not a leader. Gogic is a leader. Well, Gogic just tries hard. That's the the only reason you think Gogic is a leader is because he runs a wee bit harder than everybody else. Well, they're both in the same team and everyone looks to Mark O'Hara as their captain. So Aye. probably don't and need much more proof. O'Hara was, O'Hara was a good captain last year when it suited folks. So. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really mind that as much. I think if, if folk are going to fire stuff out, then take a bit back I, I wouldn't really read seen Greg Taylor do it for Celtic the other night when he scored yeah. as well it's, it happens all the time right? David, like, even, I think David Turnbull's done it this year for Celtic as well once scored the goal runs up and uh, if you're going to if you're quick enough to fire criticism out then go to be ready to take it back if a, a player wants to bite back especially with uh, and you're right Mark some of the stuff you've seen about O'Hara has been, been right over the top not saying folk criticising the, the, the performances is unwarranted at all because it's not. He has been a total step off what he was last season, but it was getting to the point it was getting quite tiresome just reading before every game folk like bemoaning the fact that he was in team because you saw the other night, like not to jump ahead, but you saw the other night he, he was a miss through the middle of the park. Aye. And we don't have many better options in the team. I think we miss the Mark O'Hara of last season, but I don't know that the solution to that is necessarily no O'Hara. Mm-hmm. I think um, you're kind of maybe looking at how you can bring him back up again as opposed to chucking him. I mean, I, I think Boyd Munce and Bacchus is a decent midfield pair. And I, I think of the three, again, I should have said this before, Bacchus is the one I think that's kind of verging on irreplaceable, um, at least this season. So I'd, you know, if, if O'Hara had sat on the bench for Boyd Munce and Bacchus, I wouldn't be crushed about it. But I don't think he's like a waste of a, a selection. I think he's still an influential player, certainly off the pitch, and still even when not having a good game. You know, I think there's a lot of togetherness in the squad and all the rest of it. Don't know that you necessarily chuck that out just because you know some folk don't like how he's playing this year. Um, right. So yeah, I think I think a real positive to get back on the score sheet. Obviously, uh, the joy didn't last. Uh, all that long, um, with what spent five followed. minutes praising them, yeah. Um, I don't think he's ever been a flawless penalty taker. I think you look at someone like McGrath, and I think they've got more quality. What I had, I had last year was confidence, um, and you know, if you've got the ability and you've got the confidence and a bit of composure about you, then you're going to score penalties, and, and that's where it was. It was a really poor penalty, um, there's no way. There's no hiding from that. Dragging one wide 
Lowe is short of a Simeon Jackson Penenka into the waiting hands of a goalkeeper uh, as kind uh, of frustrating may, as it gets. Maybe the worst one I've seen since then, or obviously excluding if we're talking about anything that's happened, at least in Paisley, then excluding Sean Kelly as well. But the uh, worst I've seen. <laughs> I remember Andre has been really shit. Tell you what, I was about to say it's not even the worst one I've seen up, but yeah. Andre because Andre missed an absolute fucking shocker up there as well, just right yeah. in the Joe hands. Yeah. Andre hit one at Fur Park right over the bar, didn't he? In the shootout as well. Yeah, he missed two. Mm-hmm. He missed two. I'm sure. Um, I'd actually painful. wiped him from memory. Uh, the the two stories kind of joined together, so I'll I'll start telling it now. Obviously, I've already spoken to both of you about <laughs> this and made a made a bit of reference on on Twitter, but for anyone who, who hasn't heard as of yet, uh, the commentary position at Pataudry is kind of isolated, so Simran fans are in the far right section of the South Stand, about halfway down, the rest of it's all season deck, all this for Aberdeen. Um, about halfway down, there's a set of proper steps up onto a walkway, and then like proper, you know, like walled gantry, but that's reserved for Red TV. <laughs> The Simran commentary position is further down the stand and further away from the Simran support, and it's up a set of metal steps onto scaffolding, <laughs> uh, hanging over one of the scoreboards, um, and you're you're over the, the kind of back two rows or so of the the kind of middle of that uh, of that south stand section, which from my position seemed to be quite a vocal and angry section of the Aberdeen support. Um, all that being said. <laughs> Um, and in line with some of the previous uh, performances we've put in on away commentary when we've been stuck in with fans, can't really let it mute you or affect you. You're, you're there to do there to do the job and everything else. So Marco Harris scores, and as if he'd scored at the Smizer, <laughs> I lost the run of myself for <laughs> for about ten seconds. So the absolutely customary <laughs> shout followed up by what I think is now becoming my calling card, which is the very, very slow, enunciated uh, uh, mention of the player's name. So I I, I think I, Jonah Ayunga made it into the, the club stuff the other week. Uh, the Mark O'Hara definitely uh, resounded here. I think in my head I was expecting the South Stand to be very noisy and be very angry, but it was really quiet. So me hanging over that scoreboard, <laughs> shouting Mark O'Hara at the top of my my lungs, uh, carried, and it almost instantly started to get a fair amount of abuse from one guy in particular that was standing below where we were. But you, there was, you know, there was kind of shouts coming from a few different directions. So if if you go back and watch the the match uh, replay on Simon TV, you can you can absolutely hear it. I've I've, I've kind of clipped it up for for us on WhatsApp to have a look at, but um, and on the on the Discord, but yeah, so you can hear this guy going absolutely tonto, and it's your standard Aberdonian fair. It's basically fighting talk in Glasgow's West End. It's just me getting called a fat bastard and getting told to shut my mouth, which is, is fair enough. I've, I've 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 had worse said to me, and I've deserved more in times than it's not been said, so it's absolutely fine. Uh, Marco Hara misses the penalty. The same guy goes absolutely tonto. He's like, I'm not laughing now, you fat boy. Up through the <laughs> up through the scaffolding, which you know, I had to recognise as pretty decent pattern. Just kind of got on with it um, for the rest of the day without much uh, without much bother. Um, and then the second goal goes in. 
uh, from a younger. And I don't even think I went particularly mental when a younger scored. I think it was kind of fairly, fairly reserved. Obviously, did the the Jonah younger shout and whatever. So I, I, Gordon, Gordon announces the goal. I maybe do the kind of ten seconds, fifteen seconds afterwards of, you know, the returning man uh, adds another to his goal tally, blah blah blah, and uh, before you know it, there's just all this noise to our side, and it's a single story of stairs, right? So we're probably standing, you know, one and a half times the height of the folk at the bottom of the stairs, so they're they're not far away, and uh, there's just this wee metal gate that doesn't really connect; it just swings like open and closed. And it, you can push it or, or pull it, it goes both ways, so it's not stopping anything. <clears throat> and uh, before you know it, two fully grown men just fighting each other to get <laughs> to that gate to try and get up onto the commentary position. To <laughs> I'm going to say to get at me and Gordon, I don't think they were that interested in Gordon, to be honest. Um, but I just going absolutely to absolutely it. And again, if you've seen the, the footage on Simon TV, and again, I've, I've clipped it because it's a career highlight. There's a solid 10 seconds where you can just hear the two of them. I don't think Gordon's speaking, so you can just hear the two of them going absolutely insane. Um, telling me to get down there to fight them. Telling me that they're coming up there to fight me. Um, saying that uh, I need to get out of Aberdeen. Uh, just four or five different <laughs> combinations of the word fat and the word bastard. <laughs> At one point, the guy shakes the gate as if it's stopping him coming up, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, and then, so I, at that point, I kind of take a step backwards so that I'm like behind Gordon and I like make eye contact with the two guys, and they're, they're genuinely like purple in the face, going absolutely tonto, making no no like bones about the fact that they're trying to get up to where we are um, to say something. And I, I'm on mic at this point, so I can't really like turn around and tell him to get to work. So I just point to the mic on on the headset and I'm just like, I'm just mouth, like I'm commentating to the two of them, being like, what do you want me to do? And then gave them the kind of customary get to fuck hand gesture. And then they keep going, keep going. And eventually I think they get pushed off by like other fans and they disappear. And then like five minutes later, Aberdeen post a steward on our gate to protect us at the final whistle. Um, but at the final whistle, the guy just disappeared, the steward, and went somewhere else. So again, just kicking about in amongst all the seasons I got older, just waiting. There's, uh, there's, there's got to be a, a timeline somewhere where that steward never turned up for his work and Gordon's had to finish commentating that game by himself. <laughs> I'm just, you can just see my legs sticking out of a bin. I've been <laughs> papped in by two angry Aberdonians. I don't know if it's me that's annoyed them or it's the crumbling oil and gas industry and their employment prospects, but they were angry about something. In a fair place for them. Maybe just living in Aberdeen. Could be. It's a bleak, bleak city. Yes. Um, which our superb football team rolled into and turned them over. Um, but yeah, that was my Saturday. That was uh, that was what I got to do. Got to get friends with getting my head kicked in while volunteering <laughs> at the football. So that was good fun. Um, the the younger goal I thought was taken so well. Class, um, what a ball, corner, by the way. Uh, corner from Tansel, superb. Uh, cross from Tansel, sorry. Absolutely. So, and it's just exactly Beach. what you want your striker to do. Like, see, just watching it back, like, over and over, just that calm, we kind of prodded home finish at the far point. I just love it so much. I would take a goal of that every week. Aye, it was brilliant. I don't know. I, I, 
see obviously in the, at the timing you're in the stadium you don't really know how tight the offside call is I have no idea why that took two minutes to look at that and decide no, that it um, was onside no. he was fucking miles on man yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. to the point where I, what, I assumed that it must have been something earlier in the move that I wasn't aware of I think it was uh, I think it was wee Gogsy that played him onside wee Johnny Hayes Uh <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he played the younger on because he was like miles behind everybody else. I've been waiting to get that one out for a few days. Aye, uh, <laughs> uh, but I can't, that's a shame, man. I actually really like Gogs. He's a fucking great guy. Like, there's Gogs. You're apologising to him, not Johnny Hayes. Aye, uh, fuck Johnny Hayes. Wash his face <laughs> with sandpaper, and then I've just insulted Gogs again. So, uh, but. It was it was just textbook with proper proper good goal. Something that we don't do enough of is put balls like that in areas for strikers. And I think it kind of shows but if you do put the ball in good areas for your strikers will like the score. Do I have the same confidence if that was Olisanya that was standing in the same spot as a younger? Probably not. It's not a slight on Toyosi's strengths just lie everywhere other than putting the ball in the back of the net. But Aye, I think that's just... the last light. Yeah, Ayunga's got feet and knows how to use them. I think. Aye, he's, he's got technical ability and he's, he's good at using it. But aye, great goal. Uh, killed the game off, really. Jabber did my fucking brutal after that. Yeah, he just reverted stands, to uh, stands emptied. It was a really horrible atmosphere in the ground, which, as a commentator, with the immediate threat to life having been removed, that was uh, that was pretty enjoyable. That last kind of fifteen twenty minutes, to be honest, of the entire place just been absolutely, Aye. absolutely gutted. Obviously, You're a lucky guy. I've never commented. Uh, never commented on an, never commented on an away win. I think that's the second. Me and Andrew did uh, the one 0 at Fur Park earlier in the season. Yeah, I've never but done one. I don't think. Yeah, this is the one that I think all of us have been waiting for. Aye, that that was that would have been amazing. That was uh, that have been the that have been the pinnacle uh, a commentary, I think, a game like that. Was that your actual birthday as well that day? Yeah, yeah, on the thirtieth. Yeah. Big three four. I say that's good. That's a good omen. We just need to play Aberdeen on podcast members' birthday. Because obviously we beat them uh, on my birthday in February as well. Yeah. That's there we go. That's the ticket. Get Aberdeen on the day of podcast members' birthdays and we'll win games. Is anyone's was it anyone's birthday on Christmas Eve when we turned them over in the funniest game of football ever played? Eh, uh, Jesus. Ah, good shout. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of it. That's what he wanted. Uh, I thought the penalty, the the second penalty, was um drawn out to the point of being absolutely hilarious because I wanted to go home as a Sutton fan at that point. Uh, Aberdeen fans fun. were absolutely done. No one thought it was a penalty at first look. Absolutely Aye. no one. And it it's a good so catch. Long. It is. It's, it is yeah. a definite penalty because is it Rubisic? Uh, yeah. No, who's the other Huddy? Uh, was that Angus not McDonald? No. Is it who's there? Is it not? Not is it Gartman? There's Gartman, Rubisic, and there's Step, the other. I thought Gartman was off at that point, but it could be wrong. It's the other Huddy. I can't number six. Jensen. It was that brought him down. Jensen. Aye, um, three diddies by the way, the three of them. It looked like a yep. great tackle from where we were. Aye. At the time, I thought it was a great tackle. Um, but then the the first replay was, and we were a minute and a half behind with our replays, and we still managed to see a replay of it before, 
before the actual VAR decision was made. Um, it was definite. And then um, confidently put away by Greg Kilty. I mean, I think putting away an 80-odd minute penalty in a game that's already done and all the rest of it is a different thing to stepping up 15 minutes in um, when the pressure's on a bit more. But, he scored a couple of penalties though, hasn't he? Yes. He scored uh, it's a bad. this season. He put a penalty away. Uh, yeah, when O'Hara was still out with these... Uh, He's, he's maybe the next kind of natural so it's going to fall to it so most folk would probably say it's time to see the penalty fault to him especially yeah. if O'Hara got another miss in him then that's him probably done with penalties you'd imagine for the time being but Aye, no, no chance he'll get another penalty for no. so quite, unless it's a shootout quite confident when he stepped up it was just that type of game with the way it had gone and yeah, the way it kind of fizzled out that I like you say it doesn't really matter if he misses it too much but didn't expect him to miss at all an absolutely glorious high definition image of you, Sam, caught hugging your pal. But that's not my pal, mate. I don't know who that is. I've <laughs> never seen the guy in my life. I hope he's a listener. If uh, if it was you that Sam Smith cuddled, was that after the first goal? Say uh, yeah, it was the first goal. I right, reveal okay. yourself, please, because it was passionate. Like it was a big. Uh, it really was. Proper through him against the the wee, like cover for the like kind of disabled seating area proper threw him up against that really Johnny Sins like the way I threw him up against it that's a shout out I wasn't expecting um, <laughs> the, if, if you do get in touch with us we do also have a longer version of that cuddle that uh, we managed to secure from the club beyond what was put on social so if, uh, if you do want to see yourself getting Johnny Sins then please uh, please do reach out to us don't know that there's too much more uh, to to talk about there. Um, Good just meltdown a, for the oh, Aberdeen fans. Oh, so an really absolutely superb uh, meltdown. Losing the rag. There was guys in the train with us on the way back. So we obviously get the train for Aberdeen to Stirling. There was guys in the train sitting in the seat behind us. Billy just fucking decided he was going to ramp up the volume and just start talking shite and winding them up. And Billy was like, you know the worst part is we never even fucking played well. If we played well, I took four or five off. I'm like, great, we're getting fucking leathered here. This guy from the news, I've never heard someone talk so much shite in my life. Well, I fucking, he was like, we should be pumping teams like yous. Well, mate, shut up, you fucking idiot. Did he say that? Did he forget that their chairman was Dave Cormack? Aye, uh, you shouldn't be pumped. Uh, he's like, no, no disrespect, but we should be hammering teams like yous. And I'm like, well, see when you spend... Three million pounds in the summer to get walloped at home after St. Martin. I'd probably be expecting a wee bit more, but we've beat you three times in a year. Maybe. Uh, they, they've got some diddies in their team. They'll see the guy that they subbed on, uh, um, Shaden Morris. Yeah, he was thinking, or uh, fair play at the big uh, competition winner who came on at right wing back. Yep, uh, replaced, Milne. Uh, yeah, replaced yeah, yeah. Milne, that's the one I was looking for. He was looked awesome. as if he'd never played football in his life, you know. Um, Who's the who's the young guy, French guy that got drafted in the NBA this year? Um, that he, to the Spurs, but he's an absolute phenom. Um, is it Wem Yemba? Wem Yemba? I, I think so. I. He's I, like seven foot five, but he's also like the most talented guy ever. But I, he he looks out of place because he's so unbelievably tall compared to everyone else. This guy looked like that. Like you shouldn't have. I mean, from where I was standing, he looked six foot eight. He and was like big, a, big a six foot eight wing back doesn't make sense. Aye, and he loved uh, just running straight into people. Trying aye, to take aye, it, but it was great. Not mobile, uh, I would suggest. 
I think I don't know if his first name is something Milne, but he's going to be like the he'll be like the prime example in boys clubs in Aberdeen for the next 10, 15 years. Seeing if you work hard and you get big and you get strong, you might actually be able to play for a good team one day because he's got fuck all going from football ability wise. Duncan, Duncan, if you work hard and you put on a bit of weight and you stick at <laughs> your weights and you grow a foot and a half taller, you could make it as a footballer in this town. <laughs> anyway, anyone who wants to talk to me in more detail about the kind of stuff that was shouted at me uh, from, <laughs> from the gantry, then there is a three-minute voice note doing the rounds in which I, I, I let loose, so... And I'm happy to share it with anyone that wants to hear it. Um, so drop me a message. But uh, yeah, we can probably, probably put that one, um, put that one to bed for now. Yes. On the other side of the new year, it was the two of you who were called up for commentary duty, back at the Smizer for the visit of Celtic, and a, uh, you know, a little bit of cautious optimism to start off with, and that lasted a full. For uh, fifty-six. Fifty-four seconds was it? Was that was was that the quickest um the quickest opposition goal at the the new ground? It wasn't the sure. quickest goal. I know. Um, it's a great who, question, which I'm absolutely delighted you've just chucked at us without telling us. Kenny McLean. I, I just Kenny goal. McLean twelve seconds in went it, but yeah. um, I it's also the 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 quickest I've ever seen enthusiasm just leak <laughs> out of an entire stadium. Kirsty's a uh, Kirsty's mum. Text uh, Kirsty during the game and said about the sc- uh, obviously said about the score and uh, said that she didn't want to put something on TV on to watch it because she knew that it would just she said it would make her feel sad if she had to listen to me try and make anything sound positive just my wee hurt hurt voice that was fucking uh, I mean you I think it got to a point where the three years were up there and we were like this is fucking this is humped <laughs> like aye aye if if you're if you're not convinced it's game over after 54 seconds and you're definitely convinced after what six minutes when aye, you I, I down. it's just the, the worst start I can remember as well to a game that we've had certainly and we the, said at the time certainly under Robinson aye, probably even go back I think that's probably the worst start we've had against any of the two old firm teams dating all the way back to I, I don't know probably like when Danny Lennon was in charge like I think for the most part we've actually been fairly decent we don't go down early like that and that is just the first time against Rangers and Celtic for a long time that the game was just done the game the game was finished after seven minutes that was it it was over as a contest it's just so frustrating as well that I think the Celtic team that we played on the second and the one that we played midweek um, last year are different I think Celtic have kind of risen a wee bit again I think um, Paolo Bernardo in, in particular Make such a difference in how direct they are, and they, mm-hmm. they actually look like a kind of combination of a Rogers team and then the, the kind of Postacoglu type team that did so well last year. Where up and for a lot of the season, they've been a very, very Brendan Rogers team, they've been very boring. They seem to have taken a wee step up, which is what what Rangers were, were handed um, before the, the new year. But all of that being said, I, I just don't feel like they had to work for either of those goals, and I think that's what. That's what stung. I'm fully aware that we're probably going to be under pressure for 94 minutes when you play Celtic or Rangers. I, I feel like letting... I mean, who is it that scores the 
Is it Kyogo or is it Magda that gets the first? And then Riley Riley get the second. Yep. Um, two guys who, you know, get on the end of a lot of chances. Riley's got a you know a really good scoring record this year. We shouldn't be letting them stroll into space six seven yards from goal within the first ten minutes. It's just criminal, and I I don't even it's not even really a criticism of how we played because actually. You put all that to one side for the rest of ninety minutes. It's not as if Celtic didn't try to break us down. We actually were pretty effective. I think and... after, yeah, yeah. After the second goal, I thought we we started to get it act together a wee bit, and we started trying to do something resembling a football team. It's just yeah. it's mission impossible at that point already. I don't know that there's any teams we can give a two goal head start. Certainly not. The team no, at top no. of the league. Some of the yeah. some of the reactions for round about the bit we were sitting though towards like oh, Mandron God. for stuff is fucking wild. Guys are looking at Mandron. I think it was the guy uh, was looking at Mandron. I think someone I can't remember who it might have either scales or uh, Naroki passed the ball back forty yards back to Joe Hart, and people are fucking doing their thing at Mandron, not chasing it. Just like, why? Why doesn't he? He doesn't need to. What, what's he going to do? Is he going to knacker himself sprinting 40 yards to chase someone who's then just going to fuck the ball back over his head? I think it had a like proper some... head gone atmosphere by that point. I don't I think. <sighs> I think people had kind of lost their grip. And this isn't a, a criticism and it's not an us and them because Jimmy and I certainly was thinking Aye, probably oh, saying 100%. things that I wouldn't normally say when you're that gutted. But I think people were just so crushed so quickly by that that any kind of rational you know kind of you just want folk to run through brick walls you want players to smash into other players you want but that, that was point, a good shout on it something take some yeah. bodies to Byron. no that's really a really nice shout from a couple of rows down from us to what was it fucking destroy that we prick Taylor and give him something to actually say he's injured about that's, that's a nice shout to give for someone that's just up there doing their job and also, see the one that Taylor got treatment for? That looked so, so... Aye, I was a, a big... A uh, stud in the shit. Bolton, Bolton was fucking really, really, really lucky not to get booked for that. Absolutely, Mikey. See, see, at that studs. point, I, I think at that point I'd gave up and I just went, oh, it's not that bad, is it? Aye, <laughs> I, I just... Some of the... See, like, just in terms of when we're talking about like tackles and stuff like that, see uh, the referee had a shocker of a game, man. Yeah. See the... The amount of times that Liam Scales was going up for headers with Mandron, Mika's you Mika's not got hands anywhere near Scales, and Scales is wrapped either wrapped around him, pulling his top. There was one, uh, Olasanya broke forward into a bit of space, and he holds it up. Then he kind of hesitates, and he goes to pass it to to poke it into Mika, and Scales is like pulling Olasanya's top right in front of the referee. The ball kind of like breaks after Mandron gives it away, and Boyd Munch is about to run onto it. The referee just stands, and Boyd Munch just runs in at the back. And you're like, this this guy's fucking doesn't have a he didn't have a clue where to stand. He was he looked really unfit as well, as far as referees go. He just looked miles off the pace. And the decision making was terrible. I saw Celtic being a bit more cynical than I remember having seen them before. Quite dirty. A lot, a lot more kind of shirt pulling and. Especially which by like, Kyogo. Uh, which is like fine, we all we all do it. I'm not um I'm not being all Celtic about it or Aye. Rangers about it. But yeah, uh, just a lot more kind of cynical. You kinda look at the particularly the kind of Rogers Celtic team as being that kind of 
see themselves as a bit above it all kind of thing. You know, the kind of beautiful football and all that kind of stuff. And actually, you were saying there about scales on on Mandron, but just all over the pitch, I thought they were even more so than us. And it's normally a kind of calling card of, of us. They were the ones that were leaving something in tackles. They were the ones that were kind of pulling and pushing folk up the ball. They were in like two-handed shoves that just kind of seemed to get away with. Um, nice. A couple of kind of Harry Kane-like backing into players who are working up for headers. And Aye. it's not really... You kind of expect to be the ones that have to do that to get a result out of a Celtic, whereas it seemed like Celtic... I think we're getting away with Mudderman. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think you get... You don't get calls like that. Not not to go all anti old firm that type, but you just don't get calls like that against Celtic and Rangers very often anyway, do you? Especially the like the arms around Mandarin, that type of thing. Like I hate seeing it and I hate saying it, but you don't really see them called that often. Uh, I don't get it. It's a bit like it is kind of protecting the quarterback kind of stuff sometimes against either of the, the bigger two teams. You feel like they're maybe just giving a little bit more protection. Mm-hmm. Makes their life, makes a referee's life ten times easier if they give marginal 50-50 calls to Rangers yeah. and Celtic than giving it to. So man, it's probably the difference. It's a difference between getting your kids threatened at school and bullets sent in the post and all that. Probably so. Like I don't, I don't blame them at all. Just six slightly. Come oh, on, you go, you go. I was just going to say, unlike heart and hand, we are not going to be demanding the audio to be released or. To Is that a heart and hand? No, they left on the website, but they're definitely not an official media partner. Uh, Rangers Football Club. And you're very silly for pointing out otherwise, apparently. Um, that brings us neatly onto the penalty, and while on first glance, with no replay, I was pretty confused and thought, uh, you know, he's, he's absolutely had to go for the ball there at the first replay. Saw that, you're like, yeah, there is no pretending otherwise. You cannot so stop so people high, in the so, table. Uh, is it a double standard? I wasn't certain, but it's so harsh, man. Like, I just... Yeah. I don't know what Toyota... I think Toyota's done the right thing. I think maybe, maybe the only slight for me is, I think, Olisanya's maybe got to be a wee bit brave on go for... Maybe go for it he's his head, in. but... Yeah, but then again, he's doing what he's doing. I think. See if that's up the other end, Kyogo or Maeda putting their foot out for it. And I think everyone puts that. You're really annoyed with your striker if they don't. And I, I, I tried to make that point on, on a on Twitter. I, I'll say this now, fully in mind that we're about to have a bit of a debate about it. I genuinely think there is no debate about it. I think it's an out no, 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 red no. card with no grey area on it whatsoever. <laughs> But at, at first, at, at first, I was in your kind of corner, and then it was exactly the same. As soon as you seen the replay, I did think the foot was a bit high, but from that angle, I didn't think there was any contact. And then it's, I think it's the reverse angle you see it from, so the opposite side. Yeah. Hart's head snaps to the side when yeah, he makes contact. His foot's above waist height. All the things that people have kind of tried to put in, I don't think really matter. So Olasanya has to go for it. Absolutely has to go for it. There is no criticism of him. Uh, having done it, he's not tried to do the player. As you say, Sammy could maybe have gone with his head or something else, but from a protecting yourself point of view, I think it's perfectly justifiable to just try and get your foot on the on the end of that. There is no criticism from me or even from Hart or anyone else. It seemed to no, me actually going well. for it. Yeah, it's, it's a been, totally justified thing. Hart could have been saying, like Yeah, a lot of people saying that Hart lowered his head to put it in the way. I'm sorry, but he's a goalkeeper in the ball, so they have to be safe. He's done the right thing. So there is Hart has to put his head there so that he can get his hands there. That's just 
what happens, and it's not as if that's a new thing. So your foot being in a dangerous area, that area changes depending on your opponent. It's not as if you can run about with your studs at head height and it becomes someone else's problem because they put their head in there. Like, it's it's dangerous. It just is. It's a cast iron, open and shut red um, card that I don't hold Olisanya particularly responsible for. It's just unfortunate. But it is a red, and that's the way it is. Um, I actually thought we responded to it pretty well. So did I. I think the only, my only criticism was we probably didn't bring a younger on sooner. I think. Yeah. I, I, I like Mika. I think I've said it plenty on here. I've said it plenty on here. said it plenty on the Discord and Twitter. And that. I, I really rate Mans and I think Mans is a good player. Just being a lone striker is just not how. And if he needs, if he's a lone striker, he needs to have Jameson, Kilty, McMenamin up close to him. See if he's just a guy who we're shelling long balls at. And, I mean, I think he holds it up. The best out everybody in the team. I think that's maybe in my opinion anyway. I think he holds it up. He's a better football than people give him credit for. Doesn't really matter when you're not really running about as much. And he does run about. I don't. I don't buy the whole Mandron's lazy or anything like that. It's no, just he doesn't. Doesn't cover the. He doesn't cover ground at the same pace a younger does, and that's probably what we needed. But like, at the end of the day, like that's a younger looked pretty tubed after he came off at Aberdeen. So. I don't know if maybe that played a part in it, but I'm, I'm the same as you, Mark. I think they responded well. I think when the third goal went and it kind of stopped us after a pretty good period in the game for us, for the most part. I think we brought on a Yunga and who came on at the same time as a Yunga? Was yeah. it a Yunga and Elvis? Elvis. Yeah, I think so. Both, both came on and it, before the third goal goes in, you think, well, you don't know that maybe if you grab a goal, you can make it a wee bit more difficult. And obviously, fair play to Bernardo, it's a Quality, quality pass for him. Good finish for Taylor, but like it was just it wasn't meant to be. Clearly, for for the minute we, we kicked off. Yeah, it certainly, um, no. it certainly felt like that. I think if you're if you're looking for positives, which I am, um, thought we did well to regain our composure after that horrendous ten minutes to to kind of get into kind of two solid banks again. Um, Zach Hammond can't take enough credit. I don't think. So you save Bernardo in the box. It tips over the bar. It's Each. just sensational. As a double save from Abada and O, I think. Either, either O has two stabs at it or Abada has one. So he's kind of diving at feet and just... So, so there was even when he came out and he, he made a... When you say he made an arse, he came out and he dealt with a cross that was all on the ground and it kind of looked as if it spilled out a wee bit and he's like, within seconds, straight back up and making... Like straight at the striker's feet, spreading himself, making a brilliant save. And I think if, if you're going to take positives even out of like when it's been a not a great run over the last three bit, the last three or four games, Hemming's been probably been the best player. To be honest, he's been absolutely brilliant. I think he deserves a, a lot of credit for it. I think yeah. um, you know we we didn't really change shape particularly after the the red. We just went down to one less body up the top. I thought Mandron put in a decent shift. I thought Ayunga was active after he came on. He, he kind of caused Celtic a couple of problems. I think we're not going to talk about um, the transfer window in any great detail just now because I think we've got a couple of weeks to fill between the next time now and the next time there's a game to talk about. But I thought it was quite telling that Grieve came on but ended up basically playing in central midfield. Aye. Um, you know, at that point, you've got uh, Flynn having 
having come off hasn't really taken much for us to look very light in midfield. Um, and I'd imagine that's probably something that's going to be a priority over the next couple of weeks. But we definitely don't have any money, according to Stephen Robinson. Yeah, which means I'd say we'd probably get a quarter mil ready to... I can't believe people still fucking take what he says at face value. When it comes to stuff that I think even he's like, when he's talking about like performances and all that, I, I, I fully take it. He's very, like, very honest with stuff like that. See, when it comes to like, going on about his budget and going on about injuries and all that, stop fucking taking what he says at face value. Aye. He's, he's a, I mean this in a nice way, but the guy's a straight up liar in the press when it comes <laughs> to that kind of things. He just tells yeah. their face lies. I love it. Was it the game eh, we played played Ross County, beat them 1 0? Eh, Dick and Gallagher scored the header just towards the start of this year. And eh, the whole thing that week was eh, about how unfit Curtis Main was and he was going to need pain injections. Be lucky if you even get like 20 minutes at him. Genuinely, Curtis Main was still sprinting about in the 95th minute. Pressing goalkeepers and two centre backs like he did in the first one. And like, this guy just talks absolute fucking mince every time, man. Aye. But we'll talk about transfer stuff in, in a later episode. But aye, please, uh, please stop believing Robinson when he talks about stuff like that. We've already gone out in with a right back out until. So we've got a starting right wing back who's out until March. We've got a former Ross County captain who plays on our back three and can also play there. And we've gone out and signed in the summer a guy um, who was starting for Plymouth in the, the third and uh, would have been potentially in the second tier for them. So we've got all those guys that are already there and we've gone out and signed a guy that was the starting right wing back for what, what um, Southend was it? Or? Southend, yeah. And then I think James said the name of his team when we were in on Wednesday and I can't remember. Yeah. B-B-K-I-B-K. I made the team. Something, something from Iceland. Um. Yeah. So there's obviously money there if we're able to just um kind of sign options and and put them there. I don't think he's totally wrong in that some people will probably go and create a bit of space, but I think there's there's certainly areas to look at. But uh, we'll we'll come back to that at a at a later date. Maybe um kind of only thing to to kind of touch on just now has been a little bit of movement. That's uh, that's already happened, obviously. Uh, Kieran Offord's been recalled from from Edinburgh City. Looks like he might go straight back out for another loan spell. It seems like a bit of a basket case at Edinburgh just now, to be honest. Aye, playing fucking centre mid last week. Played wing back as well there, hasn't he? Aye, the manager yeah. seems really knows what he's really knows what he's doing there, knows his stuff. Club will be aware of that. That'll be why they've, they've pulled him back to try and get him in an environment that's a bit less a basket case because he needs minutes in his natural position. But more stable. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Pointless. It's counterproductive for Edinburgh playing a striker at wing back in the midfield. And it's completely pointless for us having a yeah. guy who highly rated is offered us out one at times, not even playing, and two, not even playing his right position. So. I had a, a conversation fairly recently about both Offord and, and Jameson and how, you know, neither of them are very, very young now. You know, they've both got seasons under the belt and, and everything else. But something about specifically that generation of kind of young players with that COVID interrupted season. So you've got, like, Offord had been out playing at East Stirling and was back to make, what, two appearances for us in a team that was absolutely ravaged by COVID. 
the year before that, you've got a guy at the age that he is who wouldn't have been full time at that point, I don't think, um, oh, because of his know. age. And I don't know that you know. Obviously, like the, the first team had pretty, pretty involved fitness plans and training and all the rest of it. I don't think we were necessarily given the fifteen year old guys like full, you know, kind of nutrition and training plans to go away with and all the other stuff. You've, you, I think you maybe do need to give both Jameson and Offord that kind of lost year or two of their development. Jameson's a guy that's gone out and done really well at Airdrie and come back in and he's now what twenty one going on twenty two. Um so he's not he's not a youth player anymore, but in another world I suppose what I'm trying to say is they would probably have like another twenty or thirty games under their belt playing in the position that they actually want to play in instead of having had one appearance for the parent club in twenty twenty against Celtic in a really odd game and then out to play in the fifth tier again and then back and then out and then playing in the wing and then so I, I, I think they're both real assets to have I just really want Offord in particular to get out and to play 15-20 games as a striker with someone and kind of get an actual run at showing what he can do instead of no. you know kind of end up at centre mid for a team that play in the worst stadium in Scottish football no, horrendous and they seem to be going down the plug. So, um, yeah, obviously, I think uh, probably going to be a bit more movement on that um, on that front over the next kind of week or two. I would have thought, and we'll we'll welcome back to that. Um, no game to preview unless you really want to talk about Queen of the South a full fifteen days before before we play. Nah, I, I know I don't. So. It's a gimme that. That's famous last month or something. Yeah, that would be Clapton well, well done, well done. Is uh, Bar- Bartley still their manager, aye? Aye, I think the players have been off the Xbox though because they've done quite well in the last few weeks. A few so decent they, results. Um, they, them plus Stephen Dobby are playing uh, Scotland Legends 11 or something over this break. Um, I've seen them Simon, Simon Legend, Gavin Riley plays up front for Queen of the South. I can't wait for... Uh, can I wait for the posts and the week in the lead up to that game? Well, I imagine we're still on a striker like Gavin Riley. He's still a striker like Gavin Riley would be in the championship. Or League One, because that's his level. Yeah, correct. Um, but for now, we can lead it there. Um, there can only be one for me. Fuck that guy that was standing underneath the scaffolding at Pataudry, who called me a fat bastard in like 16 different ways. In, in Doric over the course of about an hour. Fuck Jamie Coburn. Yeah. Fuck Stephen Hawking. Someone had to say it. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good bit of part of it, Craig. Yes. And we will see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>